Welcome to the Words That Minister Grace podcast, where we read from Christian theologians that the host finds edifying. In this episode, we continue our reading of part three of Martin Luther's large catechism, which he discussed prayer generally and the Lord's Prayer specifically. We finish our reading of Luther's general exhortation to pray. Therefore, we have rightly rejected the prayers of monks and priests who howl and growl day and night like fiends, but none of them think of praying for a hair's breadth of anything. And if we would assemble all the churches together of all the ecclesiastics, they would be obliged to confess that they have never from the heart prayed for even a drop of wine. For none of them has ever purposed to pray from obedience to God and faith in his promise, nor has any one regarded any distress. But when they had done their best, they thought no further than this, to do a good work, whereby they might repay God as being unwilling to take anything from him but wishing only to give him something. But where there is to be true prayer, there must be earnestness. Men must feel their distress, and such distress as presses them and compels them to call and cry out. Then prayer will be made spontaneous, as it ought to be, and men will require no teaching how to prepare for it and how to attain to the proper devotion. But the distress which ought to concern us most, both as regards ourselves and every one, you will find abundantly set forth in the Lord's Prayer. Therefore it is to serve also to remind us of the same, that we contemplate it and lay it to heart, lest we become remiss in prayer. For we all have enough that we lack, but the great want is that we do not feel nor see it. Therefore God also requires that you lament and plead such necessities and wants, not because he does not know them, but that you may rekindle your heart to stronger and greater desires and make wide and open your cloak to receive much. Therefore, every one of us should accustom himself from his youth daily to pray for all his wants, whenever he is sensible of anything affecting his interests, or that of other people among whom he may live, as for preachers, the government, neighbors, domestics, and always, as we have said, to hold up to God his commandment and promise, knowing that he will not have them discarded. This I say because I would like to see these things brought home again to the people, that they may learn to pray truly, and not go about coldly and indifferently, whereby they become daily more unfit for prayer, which is just what the devil desires, and for what he works with all his powers. For he is well aware what damage and harm it does him when prayer is in proper practice. For this we must know, that all our shelter and protection rests in prayer alone. For we are far too feeble to cope with the devil and all his powers and adherents that set themselves against us, and that they might easily crush us under their feet. Therefore, we must consider and take up those weapons with which Christians must be armed in order to stand against the devil. For what do you think has hitherto accomplished such great things, has checked or quelled the counsels, purposes, murder, and riot of our enemies, whereby the devil thought to crush us together with the gospel? except that the prayer of few godly men intervene like a well of iron on our side. They should else have witnessed a far different tragedy, namely how the devil would have destroyed all Germany in its own blood. But now they may confidently deride it and make a mock of it. However, we shall nevertheless be a match both for themselves and the devil by prayer alone, if we only persevere diligently and not become slack. For whenever a godly Christian prays, Dear Father, let thy will be done. God speaks from on high and says, Yes, dear child, it shall be so, in spite of the devil and all the world. Let this be said as an exhortation, 
that men may learn, first of all, to esteem prayer as something great and precious, and to make a proper distinction between babbling and praying for something. For we by no means reject prayer, but the bare, useless howling and murmuring we reject, as Christ himself rejects and prohibits long palavers. Now we shall most briefly and clearly treat of the Lord's Prayer. Here there is comprehended in seven successive articles, or petitions, every need which never ceases to relate to us, and each so great that it ought to constrain us to keep praying it all our lives. Thank you for listening. You can find contact information in the show notes.